What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Ben Solik. And today we are giving out more awards from free agency because a pretty good amount of things have happened even since our last episode yeah. last week. There's been a bunch of signings. But first, go to NFLDraft.TheRinger.com for the best draft guide in the business from your own Danny Kelly. We've got mock draft coming later this week, updated big board, all that jazz. NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. And if you want the previous waves of free agency, we did our hangover episode last week where we just quoted the hangover and gave out awards. <laughs> and then also Adam Chef to drink game. Check that out. So with that said, and without further ado, Danny Kelly, would you like to give out the first award? Yes. So I don't, this is a really strained analogy, but this is the, we could be that mistake award. Um, <laughs> somebody is going to get shit faced and win the NFC South. And the Panthers are looking at themselves as like, we could be that mistake. We could be the team that accidentally wins this division. This division sucks. They're really going for it. Um, For a team that is trading up to the first overall pick, giving giving up a lot of future picks to get a rookie quarterback, um, they seem like a team that thinks that they're going to be able to compete and go to the playoffs this year. They went and signed Andy Dalton as their bridge quarterback. They signed Miles Sanders to, as we said, a the biggest running back contract. They signed Adam Thielen who is 32 or 33 years old now to a three-year deal. You know of course, how old that Adam t- Thiel is? Here's my concern. Adam Thielen's so old, he's doing media appearances on NFL Network. That's bad. <laughs> like he's preparing to for hit life after yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're, if you're relying on athleticism to win and you're doing, and you're officially trying to see if you'd be a good announcer, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great barometer. I love that. The uh, not like, oh, his legs are starting to go. Oh, he's over 30. Uh, he's on NFL Network on a Tuesday. Uh, he's preparing. <laughs> Tuesday. He, he yes. knows he's got to start getting broadcast time in. That's the move right there. I like that a lot. He started a podcast um, and then they signed Hayden Hurst to a three year deal. Again, it's just a bunch of like. And I don't know, like no offense, to Adam Thielen, but like that is a not a very good deal. Like he's not been good uh, for the last 
year plus. Um, and Hayden Hurst, I think it's just one of those mid-level sort of tight ends. But it, to me, it looks like this is a team that thinks that they can compete in 2023. What do you think? Compete? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> compete? They think they is, can win this division. Yes. And I think that they are getting enough talent in the building to support their rookie quarterback. And I think that Frank Reich is a really good rookie quarterback developer. And I like all of that. Uh, I think they could be better both offensively and defensively than people realize. Like I, a double digit win season would not surprise me. Right. Like, like wow. A, yeah. I mean, like defensively, they have a ton of talent and a Jiro Evero to me is a great coach. Offensively, the offensive line came around so well last season. And yes, yeah. they lost DJ Moore, but hit on the quarterback. You have enough weapons. I think you should be a 10 win team. Are they going to be ready for playoff time? I don't think so. And so like, I, I like, you know, fast forward to the middle of the season and the Panthers are seven and four and they're two and a half games up in the NFC South. And you go, Ben, mm-hmm. Panthers are a contender. I'll probably just be like, no no matter what I've seen, just because I think they're too young, too new, <laughs> right. rookie quarterback, like whatever. So like, to me, that's putting the, the getting a little bit too far over your skis. But in terms of liking what the Panthers are doing, I'm all the way there with you. I want to tease my mock draft that's coming out tomorrow. And I've Ooh. got CJ Stroud going to the Panthers at the number one pick. Do that's you not feel... teasing. That's just, that's just telling. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this works. I don't know how marketing works. How does advertising work? Yeah, um, no, we don't know. Donald Draper slash Aaron Rodgers in here. (laughs) (laughs) My question to you is, do we still feel that is the most likely scenario that, because I saw that uh, Daniel Jeremiah came out and said Bryce Young is the top pick and he bases his mock drafts on what he's hearing. So, and I think this is sort of starting to be a thing. Solak, you're the, you're the betting expert. Who's the favorite right now? The favorite is still CJ Stroud. Yeah. I will have no opinion on whom the Panthers will be taking with the first overall pick at quarterback until a later undetermined time. Because I truly and earnestly do believe that they are still figuring it out. I truly, completely, 100% believe that they traded up for the first overall pick because they had to get it done before free agency because the Bears put that timeline on and they didn't want to lose the pick to the Colts. And they knew there were guys that they were willing and comfortable taking with one overall. And now they got to decide who that's going to be. And I think that that's still going to take some time. And I think that they might be leaning towards the, whatever they're called. And that's great. If they're leaning towards the, the, uh, the CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, excuse me, Bryce Young, as CJ said, like if they're leaning, that's great. I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they know yet. And I, I will believe that'll be my line until I, I feel otherwise. <laughs> I agree with you on two fronts because they traded up so early. And again, doing it for free agency. It's like, why would you not take the seven extra weeks to figure it out? Like back back in the back in my day, they used to actually negotiate with the number one pick because you could get the deal done before the draft. And one, that's not necessary anymore because the basically the salaries are all predetermined based on where you go. And two, the NFL realized that was terrible for a product on television when you know who's right. going when the first round pick, first overall pick signed a deal two weeks ago. So I think that one, the NFL actually does care about not revealing who is going to go number one, like outside of it being Trevor Lawrence to be very obvious. They actually don't want teams to do it. And two, I think the Panthers, I agree are figuring out, but they're going to go with CJ Stroud. Like they're going to come back to it. I still just cannot believe that any professional football team would trade like a massive, massive haul and not have really strong conviction on one guy. I don't buy 
that we have really strong conviction on multiple guys. I, I just cannot buy that. Well, why not? I just can't do it. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, isn't that relatable? I think if it is true, I think it's absolutely a terrible fucking strategy. Like you should have a hundred percent belief. This is the next Trevor Lawrence or whoever that in this one particular guy, I like, I don't know what happened with the 49. Obviously the Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance thing is what I was referring to. This is happening again. Like there's all these reports and Schefter even came out and doubled, doubled down on it. Like the other day that this is what the Panthers are doing. Exactly what the 49ers did, which was they traded up with the thought that they were going to take Mac Jones. This is what Schefter said. Well, and Schefter then they said that CJ Stroud was Mac Jones in that the they who they think they're trading up for now, but will change their mind on later. I just can't believe anyone would do this. I just can't believe it. It's kind of relatable, though. <laughs> Here's my analogy, right? Like, I, uh, I'm trying to think. I bought a pressure washer recently, okay? <laughs> yes. All right. Stick with me. Stick with me. Stick with me. When I was at first looking at pressure washers, I was like, buddy. I'm looking at reviews. I'm looking at long-term durability. I'm trying to buy one pressure washer in my life. It'd be a good pressure washer. will get the job done for me. I own a house now. And then we started to get to the spring. I'd yet to buy a pressure washer. And I desperately need one. Get started on my backyard. And one was on sale on Amazon. And all of a sudden, I cared a lot less about my reviews and my longevity. And I cared a lot more about 40% off today right now when I need it. <laughs> I agree with you that in a vacuum, a team should move up for a star quarterback that they believe to be the next Trevor Lawrence when that player arrives. I think that Dave Tepper, who's the owner of the Carolina Panthers, is not at the look at reviews and find the best pressure washer stage. He's not at the look at reviews <laughs> and scouting reports to find the best quarterback stage. He is, obviously, they're going to draft the best one they can, but he's at the, I've owned this team for five years and I've watched Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton again. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton a third time somewhere. Cam, in there. I've watched, Cam Newton's back yeah. too again, by the way. Let yeah, me exactly. talk about that later. Work, working out at the Auburn Pro Day. <laughs> but Tepper has, has watched this team cycle through a lot of bad quarterbacks. And Tepper mm. said, we are moving up. We are getting the guy that I can put on ticket sales. I can put on posters and I can I can hop on press conferences and I can talk about this guy. We're getting that dude. We think see, Stroud might be him. Richardson might be him. Young might be him. Great. Let's go get the pick. And then let's figure out who the guy is and let's get it right. And to me, that's acceptable. I don't mind that. Yeah, David Tepper's like Lucille Bluth. He's like, what, what could the first overall pick possibly cost? Ten dollars? <laughs> oh my god. They got a square deal. They got a square deal for the first round, uh, overall pick. I don't think they overpaid at all. So I, to me, like their pressure washer was on sale and 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 they're gonna go get themselves a fine one and they're gonna be happy. Okay, so Solak yeah. is abstaining until a later date when he gets more information. Hi Hi what's your guess right now? I think it's CJ Stroud. Yeah. I think they're gonna take CJ Stroud. Anyway, it's going to be very interesting, and uh, they think they're going to be that mistake. We could be that mistake! We could be that mistake! I love that. I think it makes sense, because also I think the Panthers' overall plan is kind of how Jonah Hill... like It's like Jonah Hill hitting on on women in Superbad, where it's kind of like... I don't know. Getting Miles Sanders is very much reminds me of getting like a, a, a handle of fireball for a party. It's like, yeah, yeah, this will work. This will work. And you look back later, you're like, oh my god, is that what I used to drink? Jeez. Miles Sanders. So I think it makes total sense. I got another one. Um, this is Please. the duct tape on the giant crack in the wall award, also known as the this is the end award. If you remember, there's one small moment in this is the end where they're like getting ready for to like protect the house or whatever. And, and I think it's uh, Seth Rogen just puts like a piece of duct tape over this giant fissure in their in their wall. This is the what the Rams are doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is to be an analogy of the Rams who traded Jalen Ramsey 
for Hunter Long and a third round pick and did nothing else at all. Like they haven't done anything else. We're good. It's fixed. Duct tape. We're good. <laughs> I'm trying to find the, I think it was Seth Walter who tweeted out their entire defensive depth chart right now. And it's just a bunch of people that you haven't heard of, man. It's <laughs> something else. Jordan Rodriguez at the athletic had a great story in the Rams. And the gist was basically, um, they just, aside from Sean McVay, just having kind of like a personal existential crisis because he got everything he wanted. It isn't happy now, but (laughs) (laughs) and basically they basically, yeah, well, classic millennial, but basically the problem the Rams have is that if they do a total complete rebuild, Sean McVay will retire, but they need to do a total rebuild because they spent all their money and used all their picks. So the uh, trade off they're making is they're going to keep Matt Stafford and they're going to keep Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. And as long as Aaron Donald will ever want to play, he's allowed to play. And that's it. And they're going to keep the offense together. And the cost of keeping the offense together, which is really to keep Sean McVay there, is the defense is being sacrificed like a blood sacrifice. It's like every <laughs> the entire the concept of defense is being sacrificed to keep Sean McVay from leaving. And that's basically why the Rams are doing such weird shit is that everything about them should mm-hmm. be flushed, but they need to keep Sean. This All makes right. me very excited about fantasy next year for the Rams. Yeah. It's just going to be shootouts every game. Can I do Can I do Rams defense now? Yes, uh, please. All right. I'm going to name some players, and you just stop me and holler <laughs> when you know the school Wait, can you make one to. up? This could be two jargons and a lie. Just make up a player and throw it in and see if we can get it. Okay, well, then I have to come up with a name out of nowhere. Okay, I'll use, I'll use a, a buddy's name of mine. Let me think. Okay, I'm good. Ready? All right. Here's the entire Rams defensive end room as listed by uh, our lads. So this is going to be four truths and a lie. A little bit tougher this time. Jonah Williams, Ernest Brown the fourth, Nathaniel Gwynn, Keir Thomas, Daniel Hardy. <laughs> oh, oh, and and more more outside linebackers, Michael Hoked and Zach Van Valkenburg, which those two names are obviously Shut the hell up. Zach, <laughs> I am not kidding. Zach Van Valkenburg, what? Van Vac Valkenburg here spelled capital V-A-N, capital V-A-L-K-E-N-B-U-R-G, Van Valkenburg. Unsurprising to everyone, he went to the University of Iowa. <laughs> um, I think I recognize one name. And I can't remember it now. Ernest Jonah something. Williams, Ernest Brown the fourth. Yes, he's real. Nathaniel Gwynn, <laughs> Ke- Keir Thomas. Is your friend named Keir? K-E-I-R. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Nathaniel that right. Nathaniel Gwynn is your friend. Nath- Daniel Nathaniel, Hardy. Nathaniel Gwynn is your friend. Yeah, Nate Gwynn's one of my best friends. Yes! <laughs> well done. <laughs> that was just a shot in the dark. I don't know. I don't know That's, any of these guys. Bravo. Insane. That's ludicrous. Wow. That's a real NFL team. How about I that? I love that there's someone on their team named Russ Yeast. Yeah, Russ <laughs> Yeast. No, there's Russ not. Yeast is yeah. going to be a big part of their their plans this year. Yeah, Russ no, Yeast. Yeah, Ye- Yeast is their deep safety. All right, so that's <laughs> yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, he's uh, not invited. You can keep to pass going. Over. Like I've never heard of Michael Hocked. Hecht. Hocked. Uh, Sean Jolly. Hawk was initially on their team as a defensive tackle. And I know that because he's listed at six, four, three, 10, and he plays stand up outside linebacker for them. <laughs> Cause it. he's like two seventy five down and cut a bunch people. of weight. Yes. The Rams defense is legitimately like Rorschach test for, are you too obsessed with the NFL? Yes or no? Because once you're looking like, Oh, Kobe Durant, I remember Kobe Durant. You've officially gone too far. You need to care less about the league. 
I've heard of Jonah Williams, but the wrong one. Like, this is a different Jonah Williams. <laughs> They've transitioned him to edge rusher. Ronnie Rivers was such a deep cut that on all the fantasy platforms, he didn't even have a photo last year. And I think Ronnie Rivers is one of the 12 most famous players on the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Shout out Russ Yeast. The close box of his generation. Russ Yeast. All right. Next up here. This is the just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber award. The Cowboys totally redeemed themselves. Uh, if you guys are not aware, that's a dumb and dumber quote. Um, I know that you guys are a little bit younger than me. My no, generation was, will get I was, that. I recognized that it was a quote, so I was nodding. <laughs> I'm great at knowing something's a quote. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Even though I don't okay. know where it's from. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm all over it. So the Cowboys famously do a lot of dumb things, um, but they're kind of... I really like what they're doing in free agency. For starters, obviously, they moved on from Zeke, which was a much-needed thing. They just finally pulled the Band-Aid off. That probably went way too long. But that deal is done. They ended up trading pennies for Brandon Cooks. That's good. They ended up trading pennies for Stephon Gilmore. That's good. They franchised Tony Pollard. He's a really good player, and they're getting him for a relatively cheap amount. That's good. After everything that we ha- what happened last year with like the Zeke contract, well, that was, that's been a few years coming, but like cutting Amari Cooper, all this stuff... I think the Cowboys are kind of back and they didn't overpay Dalton Schultz either, which I think was a good decision. So I don't know. Am I stupid for thinking the Cowboys are having a really good free agency? No. A little. No, 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 not <laughs> the, the, the word choice here is very important. Free agency. Good. Off season, which now encapsulates coaching changes. That's ah. where, yeah, exactly. That's, that's where <laughs> I, I take umbrage. I get that. So free agency since March, 12, man, they've been killing it. The period of the offseason beforehand, however, that's where I have more questions. Yeah, I get that. They kind of undid what they did. So you mentioned they cut Amari Cooper. They really traded Amari Cooper for, what was it, like a six-round pick or something to the Browns right, to right, salary right. dump him. And then yeah. they're basically now just did the same thing, but for Brandon Cooks in reverse, basically acknowledging, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done the Amari Cooper trade. And then they basically decided they were going to cut Zeke last year, the same way that they decided they would get rid of Amari Cooper two years ago, and they just did it a year later. But I, I don't know. It, it, this it's the Cowboys. I, at the end of every season, I'm always reminded to never take them seriously because they don't do things in the offseason normally. One, I think that the headline really for the Cowboys is that Ezekiel Elliott's last play for Dallas was when he was the center on the hook and ladder against the 49ers. <laughs> and he got blown up and like pancaked into the ground. And that's his last play. And they're like, Zeke Elliott, storied player, Emmett, along with Emmett Smith, one of the great players in franchise history. And it's like, that that's was tough. how he went out. It's just his ass Ugh. getting planted into the ground. <laughs> I did not realize that. That is excellent. That's hard. That's a, so, that's yeah. a tough way to to be remembered. Um, I'm going to choose not to remember that. And then Emmett Smith commented on someone's Instagram. I don't know if it was Zeke, someone Instagram when he got cut and Emmett Smith was like, get your money while you can. Nobody loves you. And I was like, Oh my God, this is tough. But <laughs> I thought the Cowboys overall, I agree with Solak where it, it's like, I, I think that I saw somewhere that it was like, this is 11 straight years. The Cowboys have acquired a former first round pick in the off season, which they kind of keep doing over really? and over again, which I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, Jerry Jones is ultimately just a fantasy football owner. And it's like, cause he keeps saying every offseason he'll do anything to win. Like he would outside of like killing his own family members and like blood sacrifices, he'll do anything except he won't give up control of the team. It's like, man, will do anything except go to therapy. <laughs> I don't know. So <sighs> sure. So like, I, I want to get your take on the, the decision to fire Kellen Moore. Um, well, I don't know if I ever heard what your take was on that. A thing occurred 
that gave Mike McCarthy more control over an offense. <laughs> that's that's right. the way to look at it for sure. That's yeah. kind of your your you know 101 level. And there's here, here I'll put it to you this way. There's a lot of Kellen Moore's offense that's good. Been good since he took over. He was a young wonderkin. Mm-hmm. He's doing like four by one stuff where they have four eligible receivers to one side of the formation, which is a nice, like innovative thing. Oh, to is do. that where they have Zeke at center? So they have more yeah, eligible yeah, that's receivers. That, yeah, they <laughs> that's why got center formations here. <laughs> so they have some of that stuff. That's nice. They have like wrinkles on common concepts that are cool. Like there's stuff that more does that makes it clear that he gets it. And then there's stuff that the Cowboys offense does in terms of like, you know, uh, running between the tackles on early downs and playing for third and medium and stuff like that. And we, for years, we love to just be like, and that's because of McCarthy. McCarthy's always, he's the one calling those shots. All the good stuff on this offense, that's Kellen Moore. All the bad <laughs> stuff, that's Mike McCarthy. Right. And while I still largely believe that, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's still parts of this offense that, that last year were like super stagnant. It was just like basic concepts, half field read over here, half field read over there. That was so, so, so similar to late Rogers McCarthy era in Green Bay. I, I, I still feel confident in saying Moore's got some good stuff. And then McCarthy's influence on the offense kind of neutered the, the, the team overall a little bit, but we're yeah. going to test that theory here. Now we're going to see like what, what it actually is the case with that said, like, again, I, Mike McCarthy has shown over his time as head coach, of the Cowboys that he's not great at managing the game. And now he has to call plays. Which is <laughs> makes it harder to finish the game. I don't think this goes well for Dallas. Like the moves, though. I like it. I agree with Brand, you. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, that's nice. I do think it was smart to probably not give Dalton Schultz like a big deal, but he ended up going to Houston. I'm curious, so like, do you have any awards for the old Houston Texans? Yes, my Houston Texans award is the Late Bird Also Gets Worms Award, which does not, it's a better award than it sounds. <laughs> the, award, the, the award doesn't sound good. But I loved the fact that the Texans made a couple of moves to start free agency, right? They did some things. They, they got Jimmy Ward in the building, right? Uh, safety from San Francisco coming over following D'Amico. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, who was with Robert Sala in the Jets defensive tackle. He comes on a one-year deal. They're Noah Brown from the Cowboys. They've got a lot of like one-year deal guys. They're kind of just like plugging some gaps with veterans to try to figure out how to get a real roster on the field so you can evaluate your dudes. Like they, they were perfectly fine in the first wave of free agency. I don't want to present as if I'm like, I missed all the stuff they did. With that said, there was this great moment the last two days where the Texans extended left tackle Laramie Tunsil, who was reported like the Chiefs were trying to trade for him, three years, $75 million, and then signed Dalton Schultz and signed Devin Singletary. And it was kind of, it felt as if the Texans were like, wait, well, free agency happened. Oh, wait, players, players, we got to go now. It's March. They're just, they, they like, I, they made so many moves in such a short period, like, Six days after free agency began, which you don't usually see, right? <laughs> usually, like, like you got teams out here signing like bottom of the roster veterans who might be able to contribute on special teams, and the Texans are like, "Bang, starting tight end, bang, lock up the franchise left tackle." And like, why you guys can be doing this a week ago? Uh, and I imagine some of it is because <laughs> Schultz's price went down, and like the veteran running back market was super open, and so Devin Singletary, longtime starter for the Bills, is now a, a Texan, which is a signing I, I quite like actually. Um, but I just, I very much enjoyed the Texans who had so much money and were just kind of like doing moderate spending in the first week, hitting the second week being like round two, baby, we're doing it. Free agency time. Here we go. I feel like the Texans are that team every year that just signs the entire NFL's middle class players. Like I don't, I actually mm-hmm. like a lot of their signings this year. Like I think it's a good quality free agent class for them. Like they're going to, they're going to raise the floor for this team. But I'm going back like a couple of years. Remember when they signed, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and Rex Burkhead, like in the same yeah. year. Like they just had the most hilarious strategy, I guess, for free agency is just like signing all these like mid-level guys. 
Here's the great example. They signed as like a cheap, young, interesting, let's see what he looks like as a starter, edge rusher a couple years ago in Obo Okoronkwo, who was an edge rusher from the Rams. And he had like a nice season. He had like, I want to say five and a half sacks. He had like career high production. He was good at, by rate stats. He was like a solid edge player. And they let him walk to then sign <laughs> Chase Winovich, who's like the yeah. same sort of player. Like, oh, he's an undersized pass rusher. Maybe he'll be good with more snaps to the same deal. Like, no, no, no. You, you did it right with the first one. You found the you good guy. You did all the work. Gotta, now yeah. keep him. <laughs> Extend him. You don't have to keep riding the carousel. But again, like I get it because I feel like when you have this much head coaching turnover, right? They've had a, four different head coaches in the last four years, right? They had a one-and-done hire in Dave Coley, mm. a one-and-done hire in yeah. Levy Smith, and now they're on D'Amico Ryans. You continue to have a coaching staff that in year one goes, okay, I want to get like some dudes in here that I know, some veterans who I can trust, that they're not going to screw up, they're going to execute the defense and execute the offense, and that's going to allow us to like evaluate the young players around them, evaluate our gaps, figure out who's who's legit, who's developmental, who isn't. So like, that's the problem with this constant reloading of the coaching staff is the new coach staff comes in and constantly wants to recycle the roster and, and get a fresh slate. Yeah. And that's why you have all these one-year deals keep going in and out. That's a great point. It's almost underrated how insane what the Houston Texans have gone through in the last five yeah. years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously the entire Deshaun Watson thing. And the Deshaun Watson thing almost has over like clouded over the fact that before that even happened, they were literally run by a pastor that with no football background who <laughs> lied on his resume. Like Dwight Schrute, where he was basically a secretary and then turned it to assistant to the general manager, to just assistant general manager, and then got this job by lying, and that people, players on the team called him Littlefinger, this guy was running the team. Like, yep. it's kind of the, one of the craziest things that's happened in sports, it, yeah. like, in, in the 21st century is the Texans the last five years. And I just, the whole thing is just like, you know what, let's just get rid of every, it's like a deep clean. It's like, it, like uh, what do they do when they the exterminators come and they have to put the tarp over your house and you have to leave for a little bit? Fumigate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a fumigation of the entire, yeah. like, it's just everyone is uh, gone. Yeah. Bob McNair, who owns the Texans, once well, said- Well, he died. At, Cal McNair. Excuse me. Right, Bob McNair, when he owned the Texans, said at uh, uh, NFL owners meetings uh, that we can't have the inmates running the prison about NFL players. That was in 2017. If you made me guess Jeez. when that happened, just with the amount of things that have happened with the Texans since then, I would have guessed like 2004. It has been Seriously. an unbelievable just sequence of mishap after a horrible mistake, after terrible decision, after colossal failure for the Houston Texans for years running now. All right. So, yeah, good strategy to get rid of everyone who remembers that, except for Larry Matunzel, who, I mean, just has gotten. Is this his third contract? And he's gotten yes. just like a highest paid offensive tackle in the NFL for like the second time in a row. He's like yeah. making, he basically signed a deal for three years and $75 million, which I think makes a ton of sense for the Texans to do because they got rid of everyone except the guy who's protecting whatever quarterback they take at number two, which makes a lot of sense. My legend at the bank award goes to Larry Tunsil, which he walks in, he walks into Wells Fargo and this, the tellers get up and start clapping. He walks in, he walks in, he walks in, <laughs> in, 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 in a chase and the security guard shakes his hand, knows him by name, like Laramie, welcome back. Speaking of Laramie Tunsil, big deals. Uh, the reversal is probably the Orlando Brown. I have the worst fucking attorneys award from Arrested Development. Which is still my favorite rest development thing, but just <laughs> they can't arrest you. They can't arrest your wife for crime. What is what is it that he actually tells you? Can't arrest you for you can't arrest your wife for crimes that you admit to. And they're like, Yeah, you can. He's like, he's like, I have the worst fucking, fucking attorneys. attorneys. 
anyway, yeah, Orlando Brown was going to be the Chiefs left tackle and then they just didn't. And he just had kind of no plan, I guess, on what they would do next. And he ended up signing with the Bengals and he had he basically signed to be like the 10th highest paid tackle. And he turned down in theory, like a six year deal for like almost 150 million dollars. The Bengals look at the Bengals got the steal of the century. And then Orlando Brown's just the Frank from It's Always Sunny. Botched it. Yeah, we, I mean, so I talked about this deal a lot with Shield on Extra Point Taken on the NFL feed and did a ton of debating. And so I won't take up too much time here. But just to say that while I do think that 8 million and 7 million is, is great value on Orlando Brown, I'm not sure the Bengals got that much better at left tackle. And they have a lot of dudes to pay on defense. And then obviously on offense, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, D. Higgins. So I'm very mm-hmm. interested to see how this goes like this is great if like Orlando Brown is measurably better than Jonah Williams I'm just not sure that he was and is and is going to be did they did he basically tank his market because he insists on being a left tackle like did he basically limit the amount of teams that even be willing to consider him just because he so clearly wants to be a left tackle like he finds it it's like a part of his legacy like his father's legacy to like play left tackle I think he tanked his market because his agent didn't do the a good job I think that's the okay. real answer. That's fair. Like, it, okay. just, it just didn't do very well. If we want to do agents not doing a good job, I also have an award for the for uh, this time. Yeah, let's do it. The worst fucking attorneys? Yeah, well, I, I have it as the, uh, here's how you can make $10,000 a month day trading like me award, right? Because it's just like, <laughs> You know, these like YouTube hype beasts who are like, <laughs> right. if you just, you know, wake up at four and you work out and you lift and you eat a breakfast of oats and pancakes and sadness, then you sit at your computer for 10 hours and trade stocks. Then you, with your dad's $100,000 of initial investment money, also can become a 24 millionaire <laughs> like me. And it's like, okay, this is not real, man. This is just making things up. Where did you get all this stuff? So when it comes to uh, misreading and misconstruing a market, that award to me goes to Johnson Gardner Johnson, the now lion safety who was with the Eagles who uh, I mean his agent was out here tweeting which once an agent is tweeting we're in bad places (laughs) (laughs) if if you're a representative you can't be tweeting and so he he hit the market and I thought he he, I think he really thought he had a chance for a good sizable long-term contract and they just completely misread it and now I at this point now it's he was traded away from the Saints for way cheaper than expected and then he went to the Lions for way cheaper than expected. It just seems like the NFL is not nearly as interested in paying big money for Chauncey Garner-Johnson as like we in the media expect or his, his agents and his reps expect. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Speaking of the Lions, I want to give the Lions the Hansel Award from Zoolander. Hansel, so, so hot, hot right, right now. now. Hansel, yeah. Is, so which, right wait, is that Owen uh, Wilson? Yes. Yeah. Woo! Good pod. Great pod, fellas. Thank <laughs> you for listening. <laughs> this has been the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Tune in next week. Nailed it. So, like, have you seen Zoolander? Uh, yeah, Ben Stiller is a model. He makes weird faces at the camera. Boom. Yeah. But no, no, really, yeah. the, the Lions, everyone's going to pick the Lions to win the division. Everyone's going to go, like, yeah, Lions, underdogs. Lions are already the favorites to win the division, which is kind of weird. But they got <laughs> so it. So hot right now. They let, <laughs> so hot right now. They signed Chauncey Gardner Johnson, as Solak just described. I mean, they signed Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers as a cornerback towards ACL, but he's recovering. And then Cam Sutton from the Steelers. They, like, fixed their secondary. They've got Aiden Hutchinson, the number one pick last year on defense. They probably get another defensive lineman. They've got the sixth pick this year. And it's like suddenly the Lions, you know, one of the best offenses in the league. Obviously, one of the worst defenses in the league. They actually, yards per play, they were one of the six worst teams of the last decade in the NFL. But now they do, <laughs> if they actually do fix their defense, like, suddenly the way. Lions... They're going to be this like very trendy pick, but they're literally already the favorite to win the division. That's just weird. Just a weird thing to ex- happen. Yeah. The and like com- comfortably the favorite to win the division too. It's not even like, oh, plus 200, plus 210. Like, no, they're above the Vikings and Bears and Packers handily, which I'm, I mean, I'm into it. Uh, I saw, I want to say Jeremy Reisman. Forgive me if I'm getting your name wrong, Jeremy, but who writes for Pride of Lion for SB Nation wrote, I think a lovely Jeremy. piece. Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy. Uh, about how the rebuild's over. Like this is... It's put up or shut up time. Like they know the rebuild's over. Everybody knows the rebuild's over. Lions are walking into next season with big E expectations, which <laughs> quarterback quarterback still Jared Goff, but they got him. Big E expectations. And that's fun. Uh I I I wrote at the end of the, the this past season, you want an example of a rebuild done the right way. Detroit, man, over the last couple of years. The way they used picks, with the way they built inside out, they built up front to back, they built through the spine, like. That I, I'm extremely impressed with that team. Now I got to get the ball over the line, get quarterback right, win a playoff game. Uh, on that note, because you want to praise how the Lions rebuilt their team, uh, I know we've given a lot of praise to analytics and you know math and math. But I would like to just read a quote from Dan Campbell. I said this to Chris Spielman the other day. Chris Spielman, like in their front office, I was like, I love the fact we're only known as meatheads. I'm a meathead. I have limited brain capacity. I like that. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? I have zero problem <laughs> with it. <laughs> That's the thing. Stop using your brain. Just be good. Yeah. Your brain is like a club. In the immortal Limited words capacity. of uh, one member of this podcast who shall remain nameless during the take purge last year. Get the nerds out of my football. Get the nerds out of it. <laughs> no more. No more. This. No, no, no. Back, back, back to Cro-Magnon ball. Back to prehistoric ball, baby. Speaking of which, DK, would you like to take us on a little tour of all the running backs who've changed teams? Yeah. So Heifetz hit hit me up this morning and he was like, I'm trying to figure out a better analogy than musical chairs for the running backs. Cause everybody changed, you know, teams and there's not really any like big, big time, like fantasy outlook changes. It's just everybody switched teams. Uh, I threw out the fantasy football key party. Heifetz didn't know what that was. So <laughs> well, hit urban party. dictionary. I'm like, What's a key party? <laughs> and I was like, urban dictionary. And I'm like horrified. I'm like, Oh my God. You know what? Do you want me to read the urban dictionary? Or are you going to do it? 
Actually, I'll read it because you made me freaking Google it. A key party. Do with your children. <laughs> chill. Um, key party. A couple's party where all of the men put their car keys into a bowl. And at the end of the party, the women blindly select a set of keys to determine who they go home with for the rest of the evening. Whoa! <laughs> I know! I was okay. like, what? Now, so blindly is interesting here, right? I'm trying to step into character. I'm now pawing at keys, trying to intuit what most feels like the fob of like a Lexus or an Audi. <laughs> something. What's got no clicker where it's an actual ignition key? It What's be got like, yeah, exactly. What's just got like the, the, the Bluetooth fob or however the thing works. That's my strategy. Also, Craig, Craig, who's not on the show today, but is in the Slack, slacks us, LOL, DH, not knowing what a key party is. Is this like a known <laughs> thing? I, I mean, mean, it's like I, a it's, common thing. I'm not common. Know. It doesn't yeah. happen commonly, but people know what it well, is. Dika, how many how many key parties you've been to? <laughs> is it never, like a like a monthly occurrence? It's like not knowing what a swinger is. Like we, I, I'm not a swinger personally. I know what swingers are. <laughs> like I haven't been it to comes a swingers up party. More than com- I don't know. Anyway, so you said the running backs were a key party, and every team yeah, just threw so, the running back in a bowl and went home with a different one. I also didn't know what a key party was, but I'm not sure you want my company in terms of knowing what things are. I'm not sure you want me on your team when it comes to knowing how stuff works. So I'll just recap it for people that have been tuned out for the last few weeks. David Montgomery went from the Bears to the Lions. Jamal Williams went from the Lions to the Saints. Miles Sanders, Eagles to the Panthers. Deontay Foreman, Panthers to the Bears. Rashad Penny, this one hurts me the most, from Seattle to the Eagles. Damian Harris went from New England to Buffalo, which I think is also a pretty underratedly good signing for them. Devin Singletary from Buffalo to the Texans. And James Robinson, weirdly signed for a whole bunch of money to go from Jacksonville to New England. Did I miss anything? Yeah, the Patriots definitely went and grabbed the key, didn't they? They got the car that was like, they got the old like station wagon, James <laughs> Robinson. Ouch, so, ouch, that hurts. As much as I would really like to just keep pressing DK on like the whole like swinging key party thing. Um, <laughs> like I know. Which, which of these, yeah, sure, sure there, bud. Which of these is best for fantasy football? I feel like we, I, I, we said Rashad Penny, if he's healthy for the Eagles. We said that last week. Other than Rashad Penny, which of these... DK, do you think is like best mm. for fantasy football these signings? Obviously, the most upsetting is Jamal Williams leaving the Lions, which is brutal. I think the best one for fantasy is probably going to be between David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. I think Montgomery walks into that role that Jamal Williams was like a top, whatever he was, an RB1 this year because he scored like 18 touchdowns. That's going to be David Montgomery this year. I don't think he's probably going to score that much, that many touchdowns. There's just a lot of variance there. He's not going to have like 20 opportunities to have one yard rushing touchdowns like Jamal Williams did, but there's obviously a lot of um, potential there for for volume, especially around the red zone. Miles Sanders in in Carolina, I think, is low-key a pretty interesting one, too. The Panthers were really good at running the ball late in the season last year. I imagine they're yeah. going to take that that strategy again this year, whether they have, um, you know, the rookie quarterback, if he's starting, whoever that is, is whether it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, maybe Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, they're going to probably want to have the run game be the foundation of their of their offense. And you can hear George, my dog, <laughs> sighing really loudly yeah. in the background. He's yeah, like, I, I fucking it. hate talking about running backs. He's like, I hate Miles Sanders. I'm never drafting <laughs> him ever again. George just goes, mm. um, but yeah, so I'd say it's between David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. So do you think it's going to be higher in ADP? If it's just off the top of your head, probably Montgomery, between- right? Yeah, because the Lions are going to be the sexy team. I don't know anything about ADP. I'm bad at fantasy. With that <laughs> said, I'd be taking Sanders just because of the the volume. He's got way less competition. I like right. Montgomery behind the Lions, but like Deuce Staley, man, apparently loves Miles Sanders. The money they gave yeah. him is impressive. Like I think they're going to 
run Sanders into the ground in terms of volume. Yeah, yeah he's gonna like, be close. Sanders got the most guaranteed money of all these guys. He got like basically ten million dollars guaranteed. The it's it's weird because now DeAndre Swift is just like a glorified like third down back or some shit. Like he's basically just yeah. like the pass catching guy in line. I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of teams they don't like these guys. Um, I also think Devin Singletary to Houston's just really profoundly annoying because Damian <laughs> Pierce and the Texans would have been wonderful, right. and now Singletary's just there. It's like I don't know. Key party that's going to stay in my head forever. Okay, cool. <laughs> Love that you've never heard of that. I is that a generational you know thing? Do they do um, whatever you guys are Gen Z millennials? Well, Craig have was not- all uppity that I didn't know it. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I guess I'm not cool. I don't know. They don't call it swingers anymore. It's like a a thruple or a thruple. What, what do they call the weird like pods of a people? Who are- a thruple, like a struple waffle. <laughs> A thruple? Thruple implies that the word is pronounced couple, which it's not. It's pronounced couple. Right? Just <laughs> this is another combined combine thing. Uh, I fucked that up. I don't know no, what they're called. Not. I've That's only read it. Wrong. That's just wrong. I've only seen it written. Give me, give me, yeah, the, give me the your thruple. generation's version of swingers. Thruple, because then it's couple, but with a thruple. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. It doesn't look like that. This thing that I don't know. Thruple. That's actually how we should do backfields from now on. <laughs> Couples in the what are the, what are like See, the, like, the polyamory like pods where everybody's just in love with everyone? What are those called? Uh, polyamory. I don't. Why? Hippies? What about your current company makes you think you could be asking us this? <laughs> Select's the one who's married here. Yeah, I don't know. I was just curious. You guys are younger than me. You you know the you know the terms. You're up on Urban Dictionary. Hyphen's just I, speechless I, for the first time ever. I was not ready for this. I got notes on <laughs> I got notes on third tier free OJ Howard to the Raiders. I'm ready. Thruple. I was not prepared for. Thruple. So yeah, it's basically so Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, and Rex Burkhead. That's quite the thruple. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, I can tell you why I don't know about key parties because um, I like Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna give a Lord of the Rings award. <laughs> um, good, you know, good segue. You know Nerd. when Gandalf goes in the second movie in Lord of the Rings, and like there's that Rohan king who's like old and possessed by like the Saruman other devil guy and he's like i release you and he like lets him go and the kid you know that's you know what i mean yes yeah. i know what you're talking about that's basically what's happening to washington when dan snyder is going to sell this team like i because dan snyder is <laughs> going to sell this team by may 12th and it's going to be like oh my god it's like we have a new team in the nfl it's like the king gets like 50 years younger and he's like kind of hot and he's like wow Thandon. Like my right? sword. Yeah. Thay- yeah. <laughs> if you know the names for things like Lord, if you know the names of characters, Lord of the Rings, you've never been invited to a key party. That's a rule. <laughs> I know. But right. I just, the, I'm so in the last couple of episodes, I've named Shelob and Theoden. I feel like such a fucking nerd. Um, Nora named the, the character in Lord of the Rings. who's the berserker carrying the torch or whatever. The guy who brings the bomb to vote Helm's Deep. There is a name uh, for him. Uh, I can't recall it, which don't, don't <laughs> tell the, don't tell the, too the, much. the high school boys I hang out with at church who know Lord of the Rings forward or backwards <laughs> get very upset when I get any character wrong, but I can't remember his name. I have a buddy who uh, trolls me and several of our friends by never, ever getting Star Wars and Star Trek and any of the other like nerdy shows, right? Like he'll, he'll like claim it's he'll, he'll be like, oh it's a star trek is that uh han solo that that one's great oh that's like when com- that's like <laughs> when simmons asked what year t- game of thrones takes place during <laughs> yeah just does um, that all the time by the way i love this I, analogy of rohan rohan 
and Washington, like, because Rohan, when when they released Theoden from like the curse or whatever, is like the most grim place imaginable. Just like, yeah, wind, wind swept. Everybody's fucking depressed. Yeah. Like everyone looks so and just, just sad. You've been in the shadows for too long. <laughs> but really, so anyway, so Ben standing at the Athletic had a great report. Basically, so when teams obviously it's free agency, they sign all these guys signing bonuses, and they give them the the bonus. They pay him the bonus either in like 15, 30 days. It's like payroll, basically. Washington's new contracts, they have clauses that defer the bonuses. They don't want to pay them out till May 12th of this year, which is basically hmm. Dan Snyder being like, I'm not paying you guys. No, no. Huge I'm not miss, paying you nothing. Huge missed opportunity for Windhorse fingers there. But the, the Washington, oh, yeah. the commanders, they don't want to pay them till May 12th. Now, why would that be? <laughs> why would that I be? Yeah. Windhorse fingers is a new like descriptor I, that we use. I... I know I'm a year late on the meme format, but I used it for the first time during free agency and it felt electric. <laughs> and I'm trying to find more yeah, opportunities to use it. Yeah. It's why would that be? Yeah. So he's going to sell this freaking team. They cleaned it. He cleaned out his office. Like the team's getting sold. And I think that it's actually almost underrated that it's like, we're getting a new NFL team this year. It's like they changed the name. They're getting rid of Dan Snyder. And like, it's like Rohan has been like freaking like it, it. It's no more like, is cursed, possessed by the devil place. It's like, <laughs> he's actually just a group of likable young men in what was once a very big football city. And, and 20 years ago, Washington, the at the time, you know, what is now the commanders, were like the most valuable sports franchise in America because there is like a huge football culture in D.C. And it, Terry McLaurin, very likable person. Brian Robinson got shot, came back in five weeks. Like, it's just a bunch of good stories. I mean, not getting shot's like, good. But like the recovery Terry was good. Robinson, very likable. Brian getting Robinson shot was got bad. shot. Got shot. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I meant that right. the return was it. nice. Yes. Inspirational. I Yeah, I just... This is a very good... This is a very good analogy. Like, the nerd thing notwithstanding. I really like this. Like, <laughs> released from the yoke... Of the darkness. It's amazing. All right. Um, while I'm just ranting, can I just rant about the Giants? Yes. Uh, please do. Hot Tub Club Award? Yes. Uh, they just have four really injury-prone slot receivers on this team. I love I love <laughs> Darren Waller. I'm excited about him. I'm in the off-season fan excitement. I also understand the reason the Raiders got rid of Darren Waller is because he couldn't really stay on the field, and I would love for him to be super healthy. They have Sterling Shepard. They brought him back as what Craig described, the Clay Thompson, because Sterling Shepard and Achilles and then an ACL tear. Paris Campbell. They signed him for the Colts for very little money. Paris Campbell missed like 35 of his first 50 games as a yeah, professional football he player. He really can't stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. And then Wandale Robinson, who was a very small young man who tours ACL as a rookie. And I'm like, so don't all these guys arguably basically play the same position. They're all basically slot receivers. And I'm just at least one of them the is going to be healthy, right? They're just playing the numbers. So game. basically. Yeah, are they just hoping to stagger all of their injuries so that you can get through 17 <laughs> games of them together as one? Is this one player? Because that makes sense right. to me. Yes. But I'm I just think this a, is the a little concerned. That's all. Uh, it does make sense. They have a type. This is like Trent Baalke of 49ers era back in the day where they think like they, they can get a discount on injured players. So they draft all these guys that had really significant injuries and then none of them yeah. got better. Uh, right, but once it works. <laughs> this is going to be... This is going to be the new thing that everybody does. Um, yeah, I really do think they're just platooning and like one day Paris Campbell is going to play and the next time it's going to be Wondell Robinson until he you know, hurts his hamstring. Then Sterling Shepard comes out. I think this is the plan. It's actually a good plan. Don't worry about it, Heifetz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to hit a couple emails? Let's do it. Yeah. 
All right, so people emailed us to say who we are from The Hangover because we did The Hangover last week. Oh, and we were like, who, who's dear who? Lord. Kyle emailed in to say this is very easy. Kyle. 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 Kyle says, Solak is Doug. This is simple. Draft season's the night out in Vegas, but during the fantasy season, I assume Solak's on the roof with his mattress. And Solak is also the most likely to pull out 80 grand in money he wanted at a casino. <laughs> I accept. I accept. Uh, Danny Kelly is Phil. He's got a wife and a kid and it's easily the straight man of the group. He's often shocked by the things the other boys say and is a wig away from pulling off a Bradley Cooper vibe. <laughs> oh, wow. Kind. Holy praise, fuck, I, I forgot praise. about the tiger. Uh, Danny Heifetz, that's me, is Stu. Stu starts the pod as the host and sounds like he's in charge and has it together. And by the end of almost every pod, you realize his team has fucked him over, just like Stu's wife, so often that he's a broken man <laughs> capable of pulling out his own wow. teeth just for a chance to feel something other than misery. Wow, Yikes. wow. That went right um, for it, huh? Is that how I'm seen? Craig <laughs> says, Craig is obviously Alan. If you unprompted and unironically asked the other guys if they ever were assless chaps during a hangover themed episode, <laughs> then you are the guy that finds babies oh at coffee God. shops. I got assless. texts yeah. about asking how Craig thought a jockstrap was assless chaps. Like, <laughs> they're so different. Those assless two things chaps. are very different. In the, in the in the alternate universe in which our we, there's no SEO and we just get to name our podcast based off of the things that happen in them, Assless Chaps is one of the greatest episodes of all time, both by title and by actual content. Oh my god, that's uh, amazing! We also got a tremendous amount of feedback on Ben Solak saying that he he didn't like jeans. He was out on jeans, didn't have a pair of jeans. Uh, this was actually, I think, one of the most controversial things that's ever happened. Humanity's not ready for the truth. Okay. We got <laughs> Brian emailed in to say the he subject was just everybody, but Craig belongs in jail. <laughs> Wait, Craig agreed with it. Craig also Craig, said no, jeans Craig, are not great. I said that I thought it was a ridiculous take, but as I thought about it, I actually saw where he was coming from. Craig thought we were being ridiculous. Um, uh, Brian wrote, look, I went to the University of Chicago like Solak did. And Gumbers? I know the Solak anti-jeans types. Okay, no. I, <laughs> hard stop. I would like for it to be known that I am no type at the University of Chicago, which I appreciate. That sounds like their scholarship money type of and my degree. <laughs> yes, but no, I, 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 I know the type to which he is referring and I do not associate. I will not identify as such. That's hilarious. I would like uh, to point out that I well, wear... Almost exclusively wear jeans. So uh, my Man. point, the only thing I like actually conceded to Ben on this was that 100% cotton hard denim jeans are not great. Like I like the new the new jeans that have like a poly blend or whatever it is. I don't even know that are like stretchier and like more comfortable. That is what I wear. And those are well, good. Funnily, okay. Well, there's a whole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a fun. All right. So many thoughts here. I just want to note, Brian said that the Solak types at the University of Chicago were a lost cause, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> However, I thought it was interesting. I saw there was this, basically someone did a thread that was like, whatever you think about jeans, it's kind of incredible that because of synthetic material coming about, even as we're in this age of like a crisis of masculinity and like what's happening to men in America, everybody's wearing skinny jeans. Like even Ben Shapiro wears skinny jeans. It's like every, like everybody wears skinny jeans, including men who are like talking about what's happening to masculinity. And it's like 10 years ago, if you wore skinny jeans, it was like weird. And now everybody wears skinny jeans. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually in my life gone through this. Like I think in 
high school or like early college, I thought skinny jeans were like the worst. Like there's no way you can get me into those. That looks insanely uncomfortable. I remember they made fun of it in a lot of like movies and stuff. Uh, yeah. Super bad. They made fun of it. Um, yes. But now like I, if you were like All the baggy cool kids jeans, are doing it. it just looks like you just look like a slob. Apparently it's coming back though. That as Craig noted, like baggier is back. Good to know. I, it's I all will cyclical. adjust. I will adjust my jeans <laughs> derailing accordingly. I will obviously won't, won't adjust the yeah, jeans I wear, so, but when I insult them, I'll be more specific. Well, now that you've had a week to <laughs> marinate, do you, do you want to elaborate on the, so our jeans should, they're out or you're out on jeans, so, everyone, or just, right. it's more like just admit that they're, they're uncomfortable. I, I'll put it to you this way. I'm fine with the, with the DK, you know, fence sitting centrist take <laughs> that is, you know, now that they've improved jeans, jeans are okay. It's when jeans were bad that they were bad, which is to say that like when they were 100% denim or 100% cotton or whatever, then it was bad. Just when I was a kid, that was the jeans that they were putting me <laughs> yeah. in. I was like, these suck. Right. These are the they worst. They putting me in. I don't like yeah. these. And then when I was in high school, we had a school uniform. We couldn't wear jeans. And so at that point, like I, just, I owned a bunch of khakis and I didn't own any jeans. And then since then, I haven't worn jeans. And Never I look back. Yeah. And like, there's just enough pant offerings of varying degrees of comfort and, and formality that I don't need to have any jeans at all in my wardrobe. I don't. And I live a happy and peaceful life. So accept the way of the flex undenimed. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is now, but I remember when I went and studied abroad in Europe in, in college, they told me that no one wears jeans in Europe and that I should not wear jeans or else I'm going to look like an American. But I don't know if that's true anymore or not, but I just remember that sticking and I, and I bought a bunch of like khakis to like go to Europe. So Ben, maybe you're just like very cosmopolitan and European. You're just ahead of the I, game. Uh, that, and you know, again, if we're, like I said, like if I'm, if I'm like being legitimate, then I'm totally fine with Danny's take. If I'm being like facetious for the sake of pods, there is this like intense intertwining of the American identity and jeans. that just makes no right. sense to me at all. So you don't know jeans. <laughs> what do you do yard work in? Old pants. <laughs> what are we like? Dude, I can't like. Wait, uh, what? What about when you like? You know, you go out for a tailgate. I wear like long johns, dude. It's cold. Like I'm just gonna wear things that I need for whatever's going on. Like, what, why is this jeans have like a control over every part of like a regular man's suburban life? It's very peculiar. <laughs> yeah, it's pants are like breakfast. When you go to other countries, people you're like, wow, is that how you guys do it? Beans on toast. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's like. Europeans come here and they're like, you eat all that in the morning? I think Europeans do wear jeans, by the way. That was just a falsehood that I was told. You were lied to. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to get a second slew of jeans-related angry emails, but this time from the overseas <laughs> listening contingent. Tell us, Europe, do you wear jeans? Do you like jeans? I know uh, email us at, email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for um, any corrections you want to make. Anger, Gene talk. Gene talk, questions about the Panthers, uh, questions about football in the NFL draft. Um, questions about skinny jeans, super bad, whatever you got. Everyone but Craig belongs in jail. That should be the title of the episode. Talk about a good subject line to ensure your email gets read. That's great <laughs> listener work right there. When you send an email, you gotta, you gotta bait the hook, all right? Danny right, and Danny are going sure. through these emails. If you open with everyone but Craig should be in jail, <laughs> multiply by degrees your likelihood of getting read on the show. That's smart work. Yes, subject line important. Also, quick correction: it's just me. DK never goes to the emails. No, just, I read if you them. want to cater, just put same about I the read Giants. Them sometimes. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Craig, for here. He is here in spirit. Thank you, 
to everyone who emailed in about the hangover, everyone who emailed in about jeans, everyone who emailed in about the Panthers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Usher. Uh, Usher. Is that for Usher. like an apple bottom jeans joke? That's full no, I was just thinking about. I was back to the hangover again. Oh, what? There's an Usher song. Yeah, in in the Hangover, I think it's yeah. I can't remember which one is it. Uh, is that the one that goes yeah yeah? <laughs> uh, no wait, hold on. Yeah. It's the one. Yeah, that's... that's the one. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, yeah. there was th- okay, there was some time last year where a song had a title and it was also some lyrics in another song, and so I sang the song that had the the words of the title in the lyrics, and I was wrong, and I got yelled at a lot, so I had to be careful. And then what song were we talking about? And then Solik started humming like not afraid by Eminem. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I airplanes. Remember. It was airplanes. Yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. There's no, there's no way of really knowing. All right. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.